Hello, everyone, and welcome to the club. I'm Rachel, and I'm here again with my co-host, my dear mother. Hi, Mom. Hello. And today we discuss stage four um, of the stage of the five stages, uh, the path to healing after the death of a child or your sibling. And so we're in stage four. We call this stage rebuilding. And But before we jump into rebuilding, I just want to real quick go over a few things that we didn't talk about last week. Um, last week we talked about in stage three is support systems. And so I did, I did kind of mention at the end something about his Facebook page being another good support system mm -hmm. because, you know, you stay connected with friends and, you know, they're posting, you know, happy heavenly birthday and they're remembering things with you. And so, but I didn't mention the support groups within the, you know, social media platform. So I think when Rudy passed, that wasn't available. But I have come across support groups um, and the Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. And so in particular, for me, I was looking for siblings. So the loss of a brother or sister, grief support groups. And it's like just type it in there and, you know, oh, my gosh, so many came up. And so that's also a good place, I think, even to start. Because if you're not ready to jump out into the world and, you know, physically be around other people, mm -hmm. but, you know, maybe you're at home, you know, three o'clock in the morning. It's so hard to even talk about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. You can't sleep, you know. Right. Yeah, you might want to get on here, become part of these, you know, some of these groups. And again, yeah, like my mom said, sometimes you're not ready to talk about it. But if you, you know, you can get on there and read other people's stories. Mm -hmm. And I promise you, you will relate to a lot of them a lot of them because mm -hmm. they're talking about the same things <clears throat> excuse me that we're going through in this club they're all a part of this club so you need to find people in the club meet and connect with people even if it's just online at first the importance is just finding like i said finding our peeps finding our people and finding other members in this club that's really important one of the first steps to beginning to heal, you know, connecting with other people in this club. And so um, I think that was one of the things is just making sure there's also, like I said, I was looking for sibling grief support groups, but they're, you know, parent, mm -hmm. you know, grieving parents, grieving moms, grieving fathers. So find your group in there um, on these social media platforms. So that was one thing I forgot to talk about. The second thing real quick is I don't think we talked about, you know, his birthday. Oh, yeah. So I think we talked about my birthday. <laughs> and um, because those will be triggers, right? These are all things that will trigger this um, depression and, and, and all of this remembering what's gone. Right. Um, but his birthday. And again, I read this. I was on the support group on the Facebook group chat stuff. And that's where I read someone. Um, it was her first. It was her brother. And it was going to be his first birthday. So it's her first birthday without, without him, him. Um, or, you know, his birthday. And so she was talking about that and how difficult it was and um, just talking about the same things that we all go through. It's the first time that he's not here. His friends want to celebrate. She doesn't know. She's like, I can barely get out of bed, but yet I do want to celebrate. What should I do? Mm -hmm. And so um, I did comment on there. And But so what I told her was, what we did was in the beginning, yes, the very first birthday, because again, the firsts are the most difficult. They really are. Because this time last year, again, 
he was here, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the first birthday. So we did, uh, we made tamales. Yeah. And and again, it's like from scratch. And it's because Rudy was the chef. So this is our way of like, it's like a two-day preparation. You know, you have to, well, it's more than two days because you have to like pre-make them. But yes. it, it's a lot of preparation with these homemade tamales. Some way of celebrating. Right? Yes. And so we Without. did, we um, cooked homemade food and invited the same group of friends again it's like you know 20 to 30 people and um they ca they came over and we just ate good right. food and mm -hmm. and so and then after that we still did that a few years and then you know it, we can't you know not everyone can do this every year so yeah. after a few years um once we got out of the dark a little um you know when people stopped coming around I, you know as much yeah, as they, they were yeah then we still did stuff by ourselves. Um, and it was just our own family within our own family. And same thing, make, you know, pozole, big pot of pozole, and just celebrate with each other. And if the very least that we do, because sometimes it's just my mom and I, you know, mm -hmm. dad's working, he can't take the time off. And so at the very least, my mom and I will get together on his birthday and um we'll get a burger yes watch a movie yes but we do plan yes 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 that's like a Be total together. tradition yes like go to the movie theater or just you know rent one at home some stream mm -hmm. something and um and they're not even like necessarily movies that he would watch like we'll like watch a chick flick it's like yeah. we've been dying to watch this movie you know and so yeah, that's just something that we do on his birthday. So, um, do it, yeah. yes. So definitely recommend doing that and keeping that up. Mm -hmm. And like I said, at the very least, just even after work, going home and maybe, you know, take out and a movie and, mm -hmm. you know, just something to something to, to be different, like to, you know, get out of that routine, your normal routine. Okay, so now we can get into rebuilding i just wanted to make sure that um i shared that with everyone the birthdays right doing something for the birthday and so we're going into rebuilding okay rebuilding um i believe that we're actually in this stage now we're still in this stage mm -hmm. 12 years later <laughs> um i know some of that has to do with our homes burning down. So it kind of set us back. back a little, yeah. Yes. And so when something like that happens, you already have PTSD, right? Because of the loss of your child, your sibling. And so it just compounds, like there's more, you know. And so when the house burned down, the home, our house is burned down, I do remember the next morning waking up and that's when we found out. It's like six o'clock the next morning. We go to bed the night before and they're still standing. And you say these prayers, right? And I'm thinking, like, this it's not going to happen. Because we've been through, you know, the worst. And, like, God and Rudy wouldn't let this happen. Like, we can't lose everything. Right. <laughs> and then we woke up the next morning. It was, like, six in the morning. And then that's when we got received pictures. And it was, it's gone. everything was gone. Just burned to the ground. Ashes. Everything. The whole neighborhood. The whole neighborhood. And in, in other neighborhoods, um, our little community. So, so of course I cried, you know, it's like initial reaction. But right away, you know, I, I told myself like, okay, we're all alive. 
our pets are alive. Mm-hmm. So the worst thing that could ever happen to us has happened. So this is nothing, <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean that we didn't still have to like process. And, you know, we had to grieve the loss of all of his belongings, Trauma. you know, so it doesn't mean that it wasn't, you know, it was not a walk in the park. I don't mean that. What I mean is that like when you go through what the death of your child or sibling and, you know, a house burning down is it feels like nothing, you know, like you can I feel like it's like I knew I was going to survive. It was nothing in that sense. Right. But it still knocks you off. You still have to rebuild, you know. And so. That's why we're still doing this 12 years later. But I feel like with this stage anyway, we talked about this. Um, sometimes it's constant, especially in the beginning. You're like constantly rebuilding. And then, you know, it fluctuates. You know, you can go a couple years without, you know, feeling stable and like emotionally stable and everything's okay. And then, you know, something triggers. And then so this stage is like ongoing, mm-hmm. right? Um, so... I do also believe that we're finally transitioning into stage five, which is good. Um, But yes, we're still on stage four here. Um, I also feel like we're emotionally, emotionally, we're the strongest that we've ever been during this journey. That's, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I feel like, you know, stronger. Right? Yeah. The strongest. Not since. as so, like, how do you say, feeling, like, feeling so fragile still. Like, yes. It doesn't, like, you can, like, you, you don't break that. as easily. Yeah, because, <laughs> like, when, like you said, the house burn, and it's just, it's still trauma. But yeah, but still, it's, like, well, we just got to rebuild. That's yeah. what we're going to do. We got to yeah. get up and do it, you know. Like, like we got knocked down like a couple steps, a couple stories. But yeah. We didn't like get knocked down to rock bottom again. Right. right? Cause we've right. already been there and that is like, oof, that's nothing compared to losing a house. Like a house, you build things you lose. You, you know, I don't, I don't need mm-hmm. items. <laughs> I need my brother. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's nothing. But, but so we're the strongest that we've ever been. And that's why we're here on these microphones today mm-hmm. <laughs> sharing with you. But, um, so this stage does take a lot of work. It's a lot of work, just like the other stages do in their own way. They all, you know, they all take work. But I will say this one, yeah, it does take a lot of work. And you're going up and you're going down. And it's a roller coaster. And, but this is where you begin to learn how to live a life without them. Uh, here in the physical world. Okay, so, and in this stage, it's also where you begin to identify the new you. And your new life, your new, your new reality. And I'm not saying it's acceptance. Everyone is different. I'm not even, I don't even know if I accept, you know, what mm-hmm. happened. Like, I mean, in a way I do, because I know it was, a, I, I, you know, that's a whole different thing. Going into God, like, you know, I accept it in that way. But no, I'm not saying it's acceptance. It's more like an understanding that, like, you're actually surviving this. You're not going to die. You're not going to die from it, from, from it, it, right? From it, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is real. Real. Okay. As much as it hurts, it's real. Mm-hmm. And this is actually where I realized, like, this is a different book, you know, and he's not in it. And like I said, he, he's, he was in the last book, so his memory is here. His, his legacy is here. He's, he, you know, 
in remembrance he's here but all these new pages that we write you know he's not a part of that new book in that sense and um in the beginning i don't know if anyone can relate to this but in the beginning i would say like honestly the first three four years i still did this thing it was definitely the reoccurring dream where you know like i said it would be like oh my gosh it was a mistake he was Mm -hmm. locked you know someone locked the door on him (laughs) but um also where like something would happen and then right away i'd be like oh my gosh wait till i tell rudy like Mm -hmm. you know like grab your phone and be like oh i'm gonna text him this was hilarious you know and you're like oh he's not here and um i definitely did that for like the first three or four years and i never thought that would go away but it does i can honestly say i don't know i don't yeah it's been years since i've done that and it was only in the beginning um so this is like i said so in this stage you're like okay you're not doing those things you know and you you know you've you may have moved home so you had to move the belongings you had Mm -hmm. things are different and this is where you're realizing like my mom said like i'm not gonna die from it and so i you know i have to keep going so in our new book i think the reason why the new book started now 12 years later just happens you know like to be this time is like because of the houses so they're literally new homes that are being built mm-hmm. that he was not a part of he was never stepped foot in he's you know so it's like a physical like <laughs> a literal like new rebuild and so the old house is gone um but i will say that we did put some of his ashes in the footings in the footing in the foundation and that was we wrote yes beams in the before the drywall went up yes 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 the strong wall we wrote um and i'll share that what it's called on another i'll share that on another episode uh what we wrote but yes that was suggested Mm -hmm. from our counselor Mm -hmm. and she suggested that and so that was beautiful we did do Mm -hmm. that we Mm -hmm. said you know a little saying that we we spoke a little about about rudy and it was just us Mm -hmm. And we put his ashes in the footings. And so he's in the foundation of the new homes. Um, so that's, I think, why, like, okay, so here, new book, new house. And then I also had a son. And, he, you know, he's my little miracle baby. Mm-hmm. He's my little rainbow baby. And I know my brother sent him to me. He knew what we needed. He knew it was after the, the house was burned down. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it was not going to happen. I felt like it was just not going to happen for me. Everything, everything was just so. Right. (laughs) We had rebuilt. I know. We were doing so good. And then boom, COVID hits. Boom. Houses burned burned down a few months later. You know, I, you know, had a miscarriage. But then after all that, you you know, you get pregnant. Yeah. After losing a baby. After yeah, and, and you get pregnant. Yeah, and yeah. He's it here. was a tr- it was a rough year. Yeah. It, all of that happened in one year: the COVID, me losing a baby, and then our homes. All of that happened in one year. And so, again, we still were like, "Well, that's not the worst that can happen to us." But that doesn't mean that it didn't throw me back into yeah. a depression or back a couple notches down after we had, you know, built ourselves up. Here we go again, you know. But um. But then when my rainbow baby came, <laughs> when he rose from the ashes, that definitely between that and, and our, you know, rebuilding the new homes, it's a different book. And, you know, my son has brought me the joy, 
you know, back into my life, mm-hmm. back into our lives. Yeah. He gave us, you know, another Some sunshine, like <laughs> a purpose yeah. to like to think future, mm-hmm. to think future, right? Because yeah. we have to, you know, make plans for him. Yeah, and and everything always has to be bright, and yeah. like he, his future is bright, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know that. You know, he will. He will always. He's named after his uncle, and he will always know who his uncle mm-hmm. is. And you know, but well, he's brought so a lot of joy into our back into our lives, right? Yes, yes. So okay, so enough about that. But the point is that that's just it's a new book, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is also where you're beginning to learn, like I said, a new you, and this new you has a completely. Okay, like an entirely different perspective on life. You view the world differently. You may have different, you know, relationships in life. You may have an entire different career in life. And we know that a lot of couples do separate or divorce after the death of a child. You know, whether it be they grieve differently whether, you know, the reasons, you know, tragedy breaks them up. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the way that they want to, um, cope Mm -hmm. with the grief and the, and the loss, you know, sometimes a parent might not want to move anything in the room and another parent doesn't want to be reminded of it. So there are a lot of reasons why couples don't stay together. But like I said, like relationships, you know, are different. Mm -hmm. I was in a relationship and that's why, you know, it was like that my then boyfriend at the time, and, you know, he was good friends with my brother. We all lived together. And so I thought, you know, and even though I, w- I knew I wasn't happy, like I thought, okay, I can never be with someone who didn't know my brother. Like that was that. I, I, I'm going to just stay here because I can't be with anyone who doesn't know my brother. That was not going to happen. But then I just, you know, after time passed, I realized that, you know, like our counselor taught me, Rudy was my companion in life was my best friend and so you know more than a best friend he was my companion so like the relationship that I have with my brother like the intellectual conversation and the like you know the things that we would talk about it was just different from my relationship and so when Rudy passed like I didn't have that anymore and so I realized in a relationship what I needed you know and so it changed me because I realized like I'm not happy and I can't stay like this. And so as hard as that was, you know, that I had, you know, that that relationship ended and it was very difficult ending that in the sense that it was another part of my brother that was gone. Right. Okay. Cause now I'm, you know, I, my husband now has never met my brother and only knows him what I've said, you know, what I've talked about. So, but so, that's just, you know, sometimes you'll have different relationships. You'll lose friendships. You'll lose family members for many different reasons. Um, we changed careers. I changed careers. Mm-hmm. And so teaching was my life's purpose, as I mentioned before. That's what I was born to do. That was my passion. And then after Rudy died, I did it for two more years. And I had worked in special education for some time. And I had injured both of my shoulders, and they required surgeries on both shoulders. So I did both shoulder surgeries, and during that time, the recovery is kind of a long time. So I 
during recovery, during that long period of time, um, I reflected and, I don't know, regrouped and learned a little bit more about the new me. And I realized that uh, I needed a break from teaching, that I didn't want to go back. And it was, you know, between the politics of education, you know, the low pay, the underappreciated, you know, work you do, the lack of support, mm-hmm. you know, an admin. There's so many reasons, right? Um, and it's even worse now. But so all of that, like with Rudy here, that was fine. I was dealing with that because it was my love. It was my passion. Anything. I don't care. I was taking, you know, teachers take work home after work during the weekends. They're spending their weekends, you know, lesson planning and getting things ready for your lesson plans and, and practicing your lesson plans. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was fine. And then when Rudy passed away, I just, it was too much. It's like, I didn't want to do all that on top of everything else that was the BS of it. Right. And then, and you're unhappy and you're grieving and life sucks. And now I got to go over here where I'm unhappy and underappreciated. And I just couldn't go back. I had to leave it. And, um, it was also a reminder of the old life. What could have been, what should have been, you know, what we thought should have been, and, um, you know, cause we had a different plan in life and before Rudy passed, we were, you know, in the process of starting our own family business. Rudy, as I said, was a chef and he wanted to start a catering business. And, you know, my dad was going to leave construction. You were going to leave teaching. I was going to help out in the summers during my time off and, you know, our Christmas breaks during the busy season and eventually leave teaching anyway later, later on to join this family business. But that was our plan. Our plan was, you know, a catering. Yeah, start a family business. Yeah. And, and, and join Rudy. Like we loved the cooking and the, the fine dining experiences. And, and I mean, we were part of that chef's world, you Mm -hmm. know, which is another thing we had to grieve when he died is that we lost that, you know, we lost our chef. We lost Mm -hmm. our, yeah. So, um, that was our plan in life. Right. And they say, you know, we plan and God laughs, but (laughs) that was our plan. We had it all planned out. Right. And it wasn't, it was the the wheels were going, like the plan was in motion and, and then he was taken from us. And so it was, uh, another realization, like that dream, not going to happen, that life, it died with him. Right. So you got, he died. Your, your old self, you died. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The old dream died, the old life, the old plans. There's all these, there's all this grieving, right? All these things to grieve. Um, your PTSD, you know, something happens and it compounds more PTSD. It's just, yeah, it's a lot. It is. And so that's why you have to take the time to learn the new you process this grief because this takes a lot of work and you have to just embrace like that new stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, the new way. And so, 
Okay, so after I recovered from the shoulder surgeries, I didn't go back to teaching. And then from there, my dad knew, like, we have to create a new plan. Okay, so just get, like, knocked off. And then you cry about it for a little bit. And then you get up and you shake yourself off. Mm -hmm. And then, whoo, here we go again. So dad's like, <laughs> we, it's, yeah, that's what it is. Let's do this. <laughs> so that's like. New plan. New plan. Plan B. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Well, Re this is part of rebuilding, right? Part of rebuilding, yeah. And yeah. I'm not saying everyone has to do that. No, We're just saying, like, go with the flow. Go like, with the flow, really. But take time. Like, don't ever make decisions like this. Right. Life-changing decisions in the beginning. When you're still at that time. raw stage, yes, mm -hmm. take your time. And we're we're like later on, right? We're like, I don't know, what was this like? Maybe year four. Yeah. Where Dad said, um, okay, so we get our so we get our construction license. We start a family business. It's the same, you know, family business, but just mm -hmm. a different different uh, work, different field. And um, mom does the. She's always been, you know, the artist and creative and so she's the uh, design consultant she works she's always practiced interior design so we have her on board you know i run the administration part the office and the behind the scenes and then dad does the construction he's a general contractor so new plan and it was survival mm -hmm. okay That's don't think <laughs> don't think that it was like well let's just you know hey no, like, no that was survival was, yeah that was survival i didn't i wasn't going back to work no, I we was had to, no yes. income, right? Right. No income. We had to do it. We had Savings to do it. is yes. dwindling. Like, you know, and you're not working. Mm -mm. You never went back to work, mm -mm. you know, because how could you? I wouldn't expect you to. No. And, and dad's carrying us. And, and it's just, it was survival. It was. And, it, and I think even for my dad, because it's like, he just had to, like, leave whatever he had going on behind and get his family and and do it and do it <laughs> do something because yes make some we are drowning here drowning and so i rolled with it went with dad let's mm -hmm. do this and went into business with him and and so that's what we do and i never looked back and it doesn't mean that i don't miss the children i miss the children mm -hmm. every day i love teaching i, I miss you know making a difference and the families, but, um, but that's all I miss and I don't regret anything. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I, it's just, I can't, I can't do that anymore. Mm -mm. I love you, God, but I can't, I can't, yeah, you know, um, I can do it in a different way. And I think that eventually, you know, yeah, whatever I would still like, whatever my plan is, write some books or something, something right? Yeah. Like there's a whole different yeah, way. Really I will find my way back to the children in some form. Yeah. Right. Some you way. You have to, you're good at it. You'll but, uh, right You'll now, find a way back. No, I need. I needed a break. I did. So I took that break. I'm a whole new career, whole new life, whole new relationship, whole new human being, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> whole new human being. Um, and so that's where we're at, right? But again, like my mom said, part of that rebuilding is what helped us, like, like jump up and. Keep, keep running going. and yeah. keep going and survive and it's like like those things that you do during the um you know like the altar and the mm -hmm. candlelight vigil it's like you're just you 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 keep preoccupied and you're doing things you're doing things you're like productive right, yeah is that what it is you're being productive, productive in your time. own journey mm -hmm. of healing mm -hmm. you're doing the work you're being productive yeah. and that's what feels good 
that's what makes it feel good. It makes it feel like something's worth it. You're actually, you know, moving forward, even if it's baby steps. And so that's what rebuilding did for us. So, and again, during this time, you're still going up and down, up and down, up and down. And the beginning is more so up and down. Um, and then, you know, those become further and fewer. There are triggers. Mm-hmm. And this is where we're going to talk about depression rehab. So we call this depression rehab. And we mentioned this in, I think, the intro episode. But, ooh, here's another one. So I just felt like, like I said, okay, we'd rebuild. And you're like, yeah, everybody's here. And we're hanging out for Rudy's memorial or his birthday or we're candlelight vigil. Woo, okay. Then it passes. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a regular Tuesday. <laughs> you know, it's not a holiday. It's not like remembering anything. There's no putting up banners and posters. Yeah, this yeah. is like a regular Tuesday, whatever. And then holy moly, it's like, I don't know, a trigger. Like a song on the radio. Mm-hmm. A commercial on the TV. Like I mentioned, they were playing the Little Mermaid songs on the TV, okay, bawling. Right. Um, Seasons changing. Oh, the season's changing. For me, would be fall. Like, anytime it changes, I'm better now. My favorite season is the fall. Favorite, favorite season. Oh, my gosh. And so, um, and now I'm better. But back then, like, when Mm -hmm. I would get, like, sad, like, depressed, because Mm -hmm. it would remind me of our childhood. And, like, going into fall reminded me of, like, getting ready for school and you taking a school shopping, getting our supplies, dropping us off on the first day, wearing our new clothes. Um, it reminded me of Halloween, you know, trick or treating together. And then from there, cause Halloween sets off like all the holidays and there's Thanksgiving. So yes, uh, fall would definitely be a trigger for me. It may be the summer for you. It, mm-hmm. You know, everyone's different, but season change weather can be a trigger. It's rainy. It's overcast. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's sunny. Who knows? Everyone's different. Yeah. Um, birthdays can be triggers. Anniversaries can be triggers. A scent. Mm-hmm. You see someone in the grocery store. Oh, my gosh. I used to work with your son, X, Y, Z. Um, I mean, triggers. Right. Right. So these triggers happen, and then you fall off. You were doing so good. You're celebrating him, remembering him. I'm so mm-hmm. proud of him, her, them. And then something happens, trigger, boom, fall off. Oh, here we are again, rock bottom. Depressed, sad, crying, not going to make it. I hate my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I told, that. have I said this yet? I don't know if I said this yet, but I would wake up every, I don't know if I said this in a podcast yet. I woke up. Oh my gosh, I would say three years, the first three years, every single morning of my life, I would wake up and say, I hate my effing life. Every morning. First thing I say, open my eyes, look up at the freaking ceiling and be like, I hate my effing life. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, ooh, so anyway, okay, so so you get you back you get back there. The triggers put you back on the ground, back at rock bottom. And then you're like re doing everything you have to rebuild you have to pick yourself up you have to do the work and get back on the wagon and this is why i call it depression rehab because i don't want you to stay down there and and fault yourself be angry or beat yourself up over it right it's you just fell off the wagon mm-hmm. trigger fell off it's okay get back on pick yourself up take the time you need but pick yourself yeah, back up 
go ahead and take your mm-hmm. the time to be in it. Mm-hmm. And slowly, it'll come. You'll come back out. Pick yourself up <laughs> yeah. and get back on that wagon and start this all over again. But it's not from the beginning. You're not starting all over mm-hmm. again from the beginning. But you're, you know, you're starting that process again, that rebuilding process again. And again, I promise you, those times become further and fewer. In the beginning, I was flying off the wagon every few days, every week, every, oh my gosh, right? I'm going to live here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to live at rock right. bottom. Yeah, forever. <laughs> but yeah, you know, if you're doing the work, you got the support systems. If you're doing all this, you know, you're going through these stages, I promise you they become further and fewer. And, um, but yeah, that's what we call depression rehab. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of our triggers, I, I didn't mention this when smog passed. So like maybe a year and a half to two years before he passed, he, um, we had a pit bull, a dog named Midgey and she was the sweetest, sweetest dog. We used to call her the nanny. Mm-hmm. She would take care of the kids, like just the sweetest dog. And of course that was his baby and he loved her. And mm-hmm. so she was diagnosed with cancer, she had cancer in her leg. Maybe, like I said, a year and a half to two years prior to him passing. And I remember she had this lump on her leg and he said, I'm going to take her to the vet. And when I got home from work, you know, I was waiting for him and he came in and he was like, you know, crying. I'm like, what? Ha-? I knew it was bad. I'm like, what happened? He's like, they said she has cancer and she had like a year. They gave her like six months Month, to live. Six months. And they gave her medication and, and we, you know, we cried together and we hugged Midgey and, you know, mm-hmm. but this dog lived. <laughs> right. The past six months. And so, like I said, she just took medication. And then um, when he passed, she died, I would say, five months later. Was it that month? Uh-huh. Five months? She, she died maybe five months after. Okay. I thought and she... She got, you know, she she started getting sicker. And so my then boyfriend and I decided it's time to take her in, you know. And we had an appointment the next morning to take her to the doctor. You know, we didn't want her to suffer. And then um, I know we all slept in the living room with the other dogs. And, you know, just like one last night with Midgey. And I laid on the couch with her. And I prayed to my brother. And, you know, and I promise you, I remember, like, I hugged her and I kissed her and I just put my love all over her because I knew that she was going to my brother and I was like, just wanted him to feel that, you know? And I was like, here, like just feel all our love from here in the physical world. (laughs) And I want you, when you take her soul, you know, I want you to feel it. And and I did, I loved her and I hugged her and I fell asleep and I woke up like 6.30 and I looked over and she was gone. So she had passed away in her sleep that night. And, um, and that was like, maybe, like I said, it was five months after okay. he passed. And so that was another trigger for us because we had to, you know, it was like, we well, took his dog with him, <laughs> you know? know, like we knew she was going to go, but it was just like, we don't believe in coincidences. So it was just like, you know, Rudy took his baby with him and yeah. So I do remember that. Um, another thing real quick, since we're talking about the dogs, I don't think we mentioned, because, again, I, I always want to make sure I mention everything. So there are a lot of times I'll be like, sorry, I didn't remember this. I need to tell you. But because I want if someone can relate to it, I can just help one person. I will have done my job here. Right. This is OK. So with the dogs, like we had two dogs. at Oh, no, three dogs at the time. OK, so um, but the dog. One of the dogs would like sleep downstairs for a while, like a, like a month afterwards mm-hmm. and would wait for him. 
and like he didn't understand that he wasn't coming home back that was yeah and so yeah he would go downstairs and wait for him and just like anytime someone would like come to the door he'd be like so excited because he would think it was him and so i do remember like feeling really bad for for him because it's like he didn't understand that rudy wasn't coming home and so yeah he would wait downstairs for him for a few months after he passed Okay, so just wanted to make sure if anyone else, I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, that happens it, a lot. Yeah, yeah pets. It's, ho- it's horrible. Okay, so um, definitely learn your triggers so that you can identify, identify them. them. Yeah, when it's happening. Identify them and you can understand what mm-hmm. you're going through. Because it doesn't mean like just because I learned my triggers, it's not going to happen. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Later, that happens. But when you're working through this in the beginning, all what I'm saying is like learn your triggers so that when you are in bed watching a movie, eating comfort food, Mm -hmm. you know, or you decide like, "Ah, I was going to mow the lawn today, but I'm not. Yeah, like know why you're doing this. Mm -hmm. Something triggered me. And I don't I don't want to do the norm today. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, get up and do the same day. Yeah. So that even if you do stay in bed, you know, that day watching movies and eating comfort food or, you know, then you know why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you can like, so what it is is making making that day different. So not doing, and this is, again, this was also recommended or a suggestion from our counselor. It's like, if you can't, if you get up this day and you're triggered and you're fell off the wagon and, you know, like, if you have to go to work, you go to work. And then after work, like, do something different. Don't, what do you usually do? Go home, make dinner, empty the dishwasher, put the kids to bed. I don't know, whatever it is that we do, right? But she was like, you know, on those days where you can't do it, you cannot do it. That darkness is too dark. There's no light. Get off work and go to the park. Go for a hike. Go get a burger. Go watch a movie at the theater. Rent one. Take it home. I don't know. Do something different than your normal routine. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're saying, you know, learn your triggers. So you can identify them and help work through them. Um, I think that that is pretty much the rebuilding stage. Mm-hmm. Um, just understanding that this stage takes time. Like I said, 12 years into it. Still doing it. A lot better, mm-hmm. a lot easier, but still doing it. Um, so understanding that it takes time. It takes a lot of work. You have to work through it. You have to do the work. Understand what depression rehab is so you don't beat yourself up over it when you fall off the wagon. Just rebuild, get back on, and understanding what that really, truly means. Understanding that this is a different you, a new you, a new life, a new book. It's a new beginning. So understanding that, that's the importance of this stage. Now, that doesn't mean that you're never going to be sad. And it certainly doesn't mean that this pain will ever go away. Because I'm going to tell you right now, it never goes away. How? How can it ever go away? My brother was my favorite person. He was my other half. You know, I'm reading on these, like I said, the Facebook posts, you know, mm-hmm. you know, as someone else said, he was my soulmate. And she said, and not in a romantic way. And I said, that's, that's how I felt. And that's why the counselor helped me to, mm-hmm. to understand that. You know, like, yeah, he was your companion. He was my soulmate. And that's why I said, even when he died, I realized in a relationship, like, 
oh my gosh, I need these things because I had my brother and I had these things with him. I didn't really seek that in a, in a romantic relationship. But now, like, you know, so he was my life. And so that doesn't mean that this pain will ever go away. It's never going to lessen, ever. Mm-mm. But it's just, it's true what, you know, his friend said. It's somehow, somehow, some way, through the love of God, <laughs> through, through our friends and family support systems, like, we are learning how to freaking live with it. Yeah. I don't know how. And you don't know. You probably think right now, you know, how am I going to get there? Mm-hmm. How will I ever learn to live with this pain? Right. Seriously? It's the darkest, worst thing that could ever happen to you in life. Mm-hmm. How am I going to ever learn to live with it? But <laughs> doing these, you know, working through these stages, we've, we have. We really just have learned how to live with it. So that's what it is. <laughs> and... um in this stage, we also, you know, truly embrace living with them only in the spiritual world. Yeah. So this is where you, like I said, you know, more of that not waking up in the middle of the night, having these reoccurring dreams of he's still alive. And, you know, because this is like the new reality. And um, so part of that is like letting go of that, you know, that physical part, because it t- over time, like your body adapts, your mind adapts. He's not here. So you're not doing that. Like, Oh, wait till I tell him this is going to be so fun. Oh wait, he's not here. (laughs) So that physical part, right? So you're learning how to live with them in this stage more in the spiritual world. And so for us, it's continuing to talk with my brother all of the time, talking to him and God, um, praying to him, thanking him for, you know, all of our blessings, thanking him for my, you know, miracle child, and just staying connected with him, you know, even though he's not here physically, I'll never let him go. Our bond continues. Mm-hmm. And so um, another thing is open up to seeing signs. So be open to seeing these signs. It could be in the form of, for us, as hummingbirds. hummingbirds. Yeah. When I see hummingbirds. I always, 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 I'm like, hey, Smog, hey, Rudy, I see you. Mm -hmm. I see you there, Rudy. Like, (laughs) all the time when I see him, I I definitely make sure, like, hey, Rudy. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be, I have a friend, um, is it for her, it's butterflies for her mom. Her mom passed away and she, her signs are butterflies, could be dragonflies. I've heard of feathers. I mean, whatever it is. There's a sign mm-hmm. that they're there. they're there. They're with you. They're guiding you. They hear you. And so, yeah. So be open to those signs because they're there. And those help too. I promise. Okay. So now we end with our music. And so on this episode, I actually am going to discuss, break down two songs. Because... Um, there are plenty of songs. There are not enough episodes for the songs. I know. <laughs> but um, I definitely feel like one is for specifically depression and rehab. Okay, but the, the first song is called Say Something by A Great Big World. And so I'll just read a little bit first and then kind of explain why we chose this song. And think um, rebuilding. <laughs> <laughs> 
Say something, I'm giving up on you. I'll be the one if you want me to. Anywhere, I would have followed you. Say something, I'm giving up on you. I'm feeling so small. It was over my head. I know nothing at all. I will swallow my pride. You're the one that I love. And I'm saying goodbye. Say something. I'm giving up on you. And I'm sorry that I couldn't get to you. So this song right here, these lyrics, these particular lyrics, for me, I was talking to the Lord. And this is, again, during rebuilding, right? So I'm going up, I'm going down, I'm trying so hard. I go back to the schools. I'm being the teacher, you know, that I meant to be, and I'm saving the world one child at a time. But you keep knocking me down, right? So for me, it was like talking to God. And I'm saying, like, I would have followed you anywhere. Like, I was here to serve you, right? And I'm giving up on you because I'm trying. Even after you took my brother, I'm trying. But you just, like keep knocking me down and I'm like I'm starting to give up on and when I'm saying like at this point I wasn't even like really thinking like I'm driving off a cliff anymore because that was like more in the beginning and I knew I couldn't I knew I had to stay here right for my parents and all these people that are here in our corner so when I say I'm giving up on you I meant to the Lord like here I was even after Rudy died I still was gonna go back and do your work but like I'm not you're not I'm not getting anywhere I'm not getting any help from you like not that you owe me help, but like I'm giving up on you. And all I'm going to do now is go through the motions in life. That's it. I'm going to give up on all this, you know, trying to serve you and, and be a righteous person. And, and like, because I just, I'm just going to go through the motions in life and be numb and be a zombie in life. And um, in the second one where he said, where it says, you know, like you're the one, I swallow my pride, you're the one that I love and I'm saying goodbye. It's me again saying like, you know, I'm willing to swallow my pride. You're, you're, you're who I follow. You know, you're my creator and I'm giving my life to you. But like, I'm saying goodbye because you're not hearing me. You're not hearing my grief. You're not hearing my cries. You're not hearing, you know, me pleading. So yeah, you're the one that I love, but I'm saying goodbye. I, I am just going to go through the motions in life and I'm sorry that I couldn't get to you. I'm sorry that I couldn't reach you. I couldn't get back to you. I tried. And so that's what that song does for me or did for me. Well, still does for me because I still will listen to that. And if you get a chance, listen to that song, read the lyrics, and it just really describe how I was feeling at that moment. You know, like I was giving up. Okay, so the second song specifically for the depression rehab and this one's called human by christina perry mm -hmm. and this one goes i can hold my breath i can bite my tongue i can stay awake for days if that's what you want be your number one i can fake a smile i can force a laugh i can dance i can play the part if that's what you ask give you all i am but I'm only human, and I bleed when I fall down. I'm only human, and I crash and I break down. Your words in my head, knives in my heart. You build me up, and then I fall apart. Because I'm only human. I can turn it on, 
be a good machine. I can hold the weight of worlds if that's what you need. Be your everything. But I'm only human. And so for that, to me, that was depression rehab right there. You know, it's like, again, I was in that song. I was speaking to the Lord. I was saying, like, I was going to do all these things. For, I was, you know, I'm doing all these things. I'm holding my breath. I'm holding the weight of the world on my shoulders. I'm getting up every day and, and being your soldier. And, and then, I, you know, I get, you know, you build me up and then I get knocked down. And like, how much of this can I take? Because guess what? I'm only human. I'm only human. I'm still human. I bleed when I fall down. <laughs> I, I'm not a super power hero. Like I'm not an angel. I'm not, I'm only human here in this physical world. And I just keep getting thrown down, beat up, tossed around, spinned around. Your heart keeps getting twisted, thrown around, throw it on the ground, stomp on it. I mean, there's, there's so much, you know, and you, I just felt like, God, I keep trying. How much more do I have to do? You know, like I'm trying to survive, but I just keep getting knocked down. And whether, you know, you feel that it's the Lord or whatever, you know, like, Things happen and you just feel like no matter how hard I try, I just keep getting knocked down off this freaking depression wagon, you know, like this rebuilding. I keep getting knocked down. And so that for me was a song that definitely helped me through that time because I was speaking to the Lord and I was saying, I'm only human. Knock it off. <laughs> I can only take so much. And I will say that during that time, like when I was listening to that music and like the Say Something song, um, I did. I cried when I heard it and I would talk to the Lord and I would talk to my brother. And that's when things changed. That's when I got after, you know, during the shoulder and then, you know, my life just went a different way. God heard me. He heard my prayers. My brother heard my prayers. And they knew that I was like, it was just time for me to get on a different path. Mm -hmm. So, yes, with those songs and me breaking down and going through my grieving and, you know, speaking out aloud, like, to the Lord and to my brother, they heard my prayers because I was saying, say something because I'm giving up on you. I'm done. And so, yeah, the my path changed. I was, you know, put on a different path, different career, different life. And mm -hmm. so... Those songs are definitely um, music therapy for, for me, at least. Mm -hmm. So that is it. We, again, thank you so much for listening to us. And we appreciate it. And we carry you. Mm -hmm. As we've been carried, we carry you. We pay it forward. You are not alone. Mm -hmm. Please know that you are not alone. Thank you for listening. We love you all. Until next time.